the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. 602-508-0960 is the number. It's your show for this hour. Um, I'm always a little bit in a more cultural mood on Fridays than the rest of the week. But it so infuses our politics that it's not really a division um, between politics and culture anymore. Almost everything um, politically we do comes from the culture. This was obviously the truth that Patrick Moynihan once wrote about. Um, And before I go to your calls, which I will do shortly, something was on my mind. Everything's on my mind these days, I guess. Maybe I'm overthinking things. What's that country song? I have a thinking problem. Um, Do any of you watch on, I'm not sure what channel it is, if it's Netflix or Amazon Prime or what. Do any of you watch the series The Crown? It's about the British royal family. It's in a new season, a season I can appreciate because it's more contemporary. It's Margaret Thatcher has now become prime minister. And queen of England is the queen of England that we know, and Prince Charles is the Prince Charles that we know. Anyway, I was watching this new season, and what struck me is when they brought in Margaret Thatcher, introduced her as the prime minister, the actress playing her. She comes to power in 77, right? so. Margaret Thatcher's elected prime minister in 77 or 78. And the actress they have playing her looks like she's about what? The actress they have playing her makes her look like she's about 70 years old. Grumpy, frumpy, no sense of humor whatsoever, no sense of fun whatsoever, no lightness Frankly, they make her look like an old woman. 79, she comes into power in 79. Office in 79. They make her look like an old, unfun woman. She was 51. She was 51. I can't help but think that that was deliberate. They make the queen look younger than she was. By a lot. By a lot. I guess I guess I guess Hollywood is willing to make a hero of Ronald Reagan now that he's passed and not a threat to the political scene. But perhaps not quite yet Margaret Thatcher. That was not a good movie they did about her with Meryl Streep. It was not a good movie. And the crown is not doing her any justice whatsoever. Funny thing about the way the Brits handle their conservatives and the Americans handle theirs, especially once they pass. Let me go to Norm in surprise. Hello, Norm. Hey, Seth. Good to talk with you. Nice to hear from you, sir. Hey, Seth, we moved down here from Colorado back in 2014, and I walk a lot. I'm an old guy. 
and I listened to a Denver station, actually a Salem station, in the morning. KNUS, probably. The, yep. And I asked the uh, talk show guy, uh, Peter Boyles. I know him. Peter is wonderful. Yep. Um, I said, Peter, why is it that the people who move over here from the left coast, and they've seen the destruction, yet they come here and they vote just like they never left. And his answer was simple. He said, they're ideologues. And I thought it had to be deeper than that. I was just curious what you thought. Well, I think he's partly right. I think he's partly right. It's part of this, and to that extent, by the way, it's it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you heard my monologue, it's kind of like what I was saying about socialists in America who like to say, well, it's never really been tried. You know, when we point out its failures elsewhere, they're always saying, well, that wasn't real socialism. That wasn't real socialism. That wasn't real socialism. You know, they have this 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 belief that everywhere this leftist ideology has been tried, it was tried imperfectly, and they can do it better anew or better elsewhere. I think that's that's a part of it. That's a part of it. But there's another part, which is less intellectually stimulating, Norm, that I'm increasingly coming to believe. And maybe you can tell me if I'm right or not. But a lot of people who do move to red states from blue states, it's not as if they moved totally volitionally. A lot of people move because their job was transferred there. I think. I think. So, you know, if you worked in a in a company in um, San Diego and it was transferred, the owners or the or the managers moved it to a place like Arizona for better tax purposes. You know, people who worked there and voted Democrat, you know, have no incentive to vote Republican just because their company moved here. I think there's more of that than we think. But you tell me. I don't know. I remember living in San Diego in the mid-80s and early 90s, and there was sort of a gag joke that even the illegal aliens voted Republican. Mm. And look what's happened to San Diego. Yeah, San Diego has become a sad sack, hasn't it? There's a whole list of cities that were once beautiful that the left have ruined. Excuse me, the left has ruined. There really are. Remember what a beautiful city San Francisco once was not that long ago? Yeah. It just isn't. It just isn't. And one might say that now of San Diego. I, You know, we used to every summer go up to um, Mission Beach. And uh, I, 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 go to, I go to California for my summers now, too. And I don't stay there anymore like I used to when I was a kid. But I do go and visit it just for the novelty. And it's just not the same place. It's just a hollowed out shell of what it used to be. And it's a really sad thing what the left has done to these once great, great cities. Okay. Well, I, we, I we, ought to, we, ought to, we ought to think about, you know, we ought to think about a movement. I don't know how to do it or when, t- what time we'll do it. But we ought to think about a movement of reclaiming great cities, a conservative urban renewal movement. They can be fixed. 
I know his name isn't in the best odor these days, but Rudy Giuliani in his prime did show us that you can fix Gotham. And that was also done, I believe, with Indianapolis. I'm blanking on that mayor's name. Good uh, Goldstone. Goldst- uh, I can't think of it right now. I'll think of it in a minute. But there are that you you can fix them with enough initiative and interest. You really can. It's been it's been done. The theoretical was proven by the actual of mayors like in Indianapolis and New York City. The problem is, can you get a conservative to convince a population in a San Francisco or a Seattle that things are so bad that they need radical transformation and reform? There is this French notion of – I'll say it wrongly and you can correct me – but there's this French notion of nostalgia de la boue, which is the, the, the love of living in the mud, you know, the the, – the, the, enjoyment of living in the mud. And you see that in high culture and you see it in low culture. You see it in high culture. Tom Wolfe, who I quoted earlier, he wrote a great book about some of this. Um, it's actually really a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a very short book, but he wrote it when he wrote about radical chic and all these expensive Manhattanite Wealthy Manhattanites who were throwing fundraisers for the Black Panthers that wanted to destroy the society they lived in and impose upon the rest of the society that which they themselves were inoculated against both by their wealth and by their paying the Danegeld, paying the payoff money to these organizations that would, of course, they thought, leave them alone, not realizing not realizing the truth of Churchill, that the appeaser is the man who believes the crocodile will eat him last without remembering that the crocodile will eat him last. But yeah, what's been done to these cities? It's a reminder also, I guess, of what I was saying in my monologue. It's a reminder that beauty and success and achievement and vitality of a community is not a permanent condition. It's in fact a fragile condition that can be altered and can be changed with poor choices and poor decisions. And that's why I resent people who just like to quote the Ronald Reagan line about how freedom can be destroyed within a generation when they don't actually take it seriously and believe it because it can we have an obligation when we quote that statement that that line of ronald reagan's we have an obligation to take it seriously little jay ferguson maynard's brother yeah, nice. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Open lines. Hal, don't go away. We're coming to you first. Jeff in Phoenix. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Seth. How are you? I'm well, sir. How are you? I'm very good. Very good. Hey, it's. I got to say something my wife says all the time, and she uh, she sees a flight attendant, and she knows. Uh, she says the worst cities to go to are Seattle, 
and other leftist cities. But because they say it's just like now, you realize the left ruins everything. They don't make it any fun. Just look at sports. The NFL is now the no fun leftist, not the no fun league. You're so, totally yeah. right. Look at how much fun they sap out of everything by overly politicizing things that shouldn't be and with their uh, practical ideologies that ruin things. My producer well, is okay. the biggest sports fan I've ever met. He won't turn on professional sports anymore. Am I speaking the, a lie, yeah. Bill? Yep. Yeah, he just won't. Since 2017. Yeah, since 2017, he says. Now, wait one second, Jeff. Why since 2017, Bill? That was that was for football when the the week the kneeling began. The week and the kneeling was, began the, was the week it ended for you. Good for you. That's American. Yep, yep. Never came back. Well, I watched I watched the Chiefs last year, but you know it was like they got up the kneeling and then it was kind of good. And I'm glad they won the Super Bowl because I'm done with them now. I, it's ridiculous. I call them every day, but it's anyway. a weird but, thing where the more patriotic thing is to sit out or kneel for the national anthem than to stand for it. That's the upside-down nature our culture has given us. You will be looked at askance. You will be looked at with contempt if you stand for the national anthem. The only way the left gets anything for their their points or their belief system or anything, it's negativity. Yes. That's the only thing they can promote is negativity, fear, guilt, all these things. And you think about this. How many relationships do you think are... Good relationships or dysfunctional relationships? How many do I think? Yeah. Think Male-female relationships. Or... How many do I think are... Well, you know, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a great question, and the reason I hesitate is this issue, Jeff. You may look at a relationship and say that's not a relationship I would want or think of as good, but it may be very viable and good for the people in it, right? Well, I guess what my point is... I. I guess so. I'm kind of what I mean by that, not necessarily specific people, but in a statistical way that there's more lying and deception and all these other things in, I think, the world than there is truth and uh, uh, holding people accountable and responsibility. Sure. Would you agree with that? Sure. Sure. Sure, I would. So what, what gets to my point is, is that if that's true, then that's easy to see why people, which you were talking about a while ago with the COVID thing, why people are so easily bought into the fear that's being played out there. I mean, I have worked ever since the day is done, and I see everybody that's out there actually living in society is less dangerous to me because I don't see anybody on the streets or anything, and I know people have gotten this disease. I know them personally, and my family have gotten it. My mother-in-law, who's got has COPD, she's 70-something years old. She's in an uh, Alzheimer's care, and we thought it was a death sentence for her. She got the sniffles. We got her naturopathic IVs and everything. Four people in their nursing home or her care, assisted living got it of the elderly people. They all were fine. They had like a cold. The woman that got the sickest was the lady that worked there, and she was over 400 pounds. So, but again. Your, only, uh, your mom did okay, though? Yeah, my mom's, my mother-in-law's fine. She's my mother-in-law, sorry. And she was 77 with Alzheimer's? She's 77. She has Alzheimer's. Yeah. She's had four amputations and on she, her legs. And she, right. oh, wow. Okay. And so, so she oh. had, so she had COVID and survived it. She has COPD. So it was two months in lockdown and everything was going great. Then they called my wife, your mother-in-law. All right. So when you say that, Jeff, when you report that, um, that is not what CNN will report. Oh my God. No. And what you report 
is what the actual statistics would have you believe if you were listening in the last hour when it talks about fatality ratios in the 70 plus age year category. 99.95% survival. Well, we even fell into that belief because my right. wife of course got you the did. phone call. Of course. We thought did. it was a death sentence. Of course. Of course. It's the end of the world as we know it. Things could never be worse. Your president is a fascist. Exactly. We are wiping and out entire eco-cultures before our very eyes. Just ask 16-year-olds from Europe. <laughs> and they, and they get Nobel prizes for it. Of course. Of course. Video of, of we are a country that suffers from systemic racism. Of course things are horrible here. That is what you are supposed to believe. And it's not true. But to your point is, are there more lies or more truth? More people believe the hysteria I was reciting than the facts that you know. And I just want to encourage everybody, don't believe what you're told. Go research it for yourself, man, because that's the only way you're ever going to have true, honest belief. Because, you know, I don't know how people sleep at night. I really don't. I know. I just don't. I know. I'll tell you something else, Jeff. It goes to a lot of different things, what you're talking about. You know, yes, do your own research. It's hard. A lot of people don't know how to do it. Um, they just don't. And, you know, especially if you grew up, you know, after the, you know, after the Internet uh, uh, rush, you know, well, if you're if you're older than, I don't true. know, 55 or 60, you're going to be less apt or able to than someone who's 20 or 30. But um, let me let me let me put it to you this way. It's harder to live in the truth for a lot of reasons. It's harder to live in fact for a lot of reasons. But one of them is so much of the culture is um, polluting the truth with hysteria or falsity or lies or panic to the point where – to the point where if you move it into the political – I honestly say I don't mean this sarcastically. When you look at what you said, professional sports, when you look at our education system, when you look at our corporations um, and their ethics and their human resources training manuals and you look at um, higher education and you look at entertainment, you look at news media, you know what? It's a miracle that a Republican has ever elected any time ever. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. You know, it's all against us. Yeah. No, it's a miracle. I, I don't quite even understand it. Well, that just tells you the true American spirit is still alive and well. And it's very it's going to be very hard. And I don't believe it ever will be killed. It will never be extinguished because there always be someone there. No matter if we have a worldwide nuclear apocalypse, there'll be one guy that says, you know what? I'm going to go out there and if I'm the lone survivor, I'm going to keep going. And there, we have too many people who want to not that run away from the fire and don't want to run toward it to put it out. Yeah, I think you're right. And not only that, Jeff, we've confused as a culture the um, the fire and the fire brigade. We've confused it. We've turned heroes into anti-heroes and anti-heroes into heroes. It's a real problem. It's a real problem. But I love your testimony, and I love the I love the shoot in your eye. I love the shoot in your eye. I was giving us – that's uh, what someone once said about Andrew Jackson. I, 
You were at a speech I was giving, Bill. <laughs> I said that line and someone said, did he just say what I think he said? Shoot. S-H-O-O-T. I like the shoot in their eye. And your eye too, Jeff. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. I could listen to that all day long. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I um, want to let you know that if you're thinking about selling your home or if you're selling your home and it's not going well, that James Wexler of JMG Real Estate can help you out bigly. He will get you the highest price and he guarantees to sell your home at market value and will pay the difference if it doesn't come in that way. For maximum convenience, he can also make you a guaranteed offer right up front within a day of you reaching out to him. James Wexler is not only a good friend, I have good friends who have used him and speak as highly of him as I do. Give him a call at 480-386-0711 or visit him online at jameswexler.com. That's James Wexler, W-E-X-L-E-R.com. And start packing. Hal, Dr. Hal, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Seth. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good, good. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Of course. Uh, just wanted to make a couple quick comments. You, you were discussing um, earlier in the show, you were discussing something like the progression of radical movements. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just wanted to comment on that. And, uh, you know, what's, it's really interesting. What, if we look at Portland, Oregon, in our own country, you'd say over the last six months to a year, you've had a progression to the point where Antifa, an organization that has, sponsors violent, revolutionary protests and attacks police officers and has done so for months with impunity uh, came close to winning an election. And uh, so this is how, uh, you know, this, this type of violence has progressed to the point where in the minds of many people in Portland, it's legitimate uh, and, and should be elect, put into elective office uh, in the most liberal city um, or one of the most liberal cities in the country. And uh, so we've had a, a, a great progression of radical thinking in our country, uh, and, and Portland is a perfect example of this. And uh, it happens over and over again throughout history. I mean, prior to the Russian Revolution in the early part of the 20th century, there were decades where the uh, elites, for lack of a better term, or many of them, were actually supporting revolutionary politics. Right. I remember that article we both read on this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and they were undermining their own culture, uh, and which is what our own elites are doing now. You know, Jack Dorsey, for whatever reason, you know, gave ten million to um, I forget, uh, one Kendi, of the leaders, Professor like, Kendi at Boston University. Yeah, yeah, Professor at Boston University, who so, said you cannot out. be an anti-racist and a capitalist. Yeah, that's yeah. who Jack Dorsey so, gave ten million dollars to. Yeah, so he's he not only is he giving ten million dollars, he's giving a bucket of gasoline and a match. You bet. You know, and says I'm going to go stand over there. Yep. Uh, and so, th- so we see where these people want to go in Portland, where they want political power, and they're willing to use violence to do it, and anarchy to do it. We see the strategy, and uh, and so and the effectiveness of it uh, across the board. Uh, you know, at one end to the other, you have one of the most privileged, wealthy, comfortable, successful people on earth, Jack Dorsey, who is undermining the culture in his own way. And Antifa, who are kind of the, the uh, direct action or the foot soldiers who are doing it in their way. 
And so we are very far along uh, in, in terms of the progression of leftist thinking. And I don't think that ordinary liberals, you know, another example would be, um, uh, uh, I, 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 her name is slipping my mind, she recently resigned from the New York Times. Um, Barry Weiss. Uh, Barry Weiss. The letter that she wrote in resignation, and that was, in my opinion, I'm not, you know, I don't think about these things for a living, but what she wrote was one of the most important things written by anyone at a newspaper, and I think in my lifetime, because it showed how degraded the New York Times has become, and uh, and the tolerance for you know anti-Semitic remarks in the workplace, for harassment in the workplace, at this incredibly important institution. You know, most liberals, because they don't get news from anyone other than leftists, are not going to be aware of that. So See, I, yes, you're right, Hal. And I'll tell you what I think um, the problem is. And you're welcome to stay if you want to have feedback on this or anyone else. Let me remind 602-508-0960. You know, it's, it's quite precious to hear the left and the Democrats and the media criticize the president for allegations of election misfeasance or malfeasance when you think about how many of them created something called the resistance for four years and claimed that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. Once you have proclaimed your president illegitimate, Hal, there's nothing wrong with Antifa because all Antifa is doing is responding in the Malcolm X notion of by any means necessary, and then it becomes justifiable. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. <clears throat> Once you um, have spent four years calling Donald Trump illegitimate and the movement around it, the resistance, named after the French resistance to the Nazis, <clears throat> and you have made Donald Trump a uh, interloper for four years, of course you can apologize for or defend even the actions of groups like Antifa because at that point – you're just simply justifying the riddance of illegitimacy, the riddance of a Nazi by, as Malcolm X would put it, any means necessary. I was looking up on the break <coughs> the origins of that phrase of his. Excuse me. <coughs> Apologize. When Malcolm X said that, you know, there were – there the, – <laughs> The Academy likes to say there were two Malcolm X's. There was the radical Malcolm X and then there was the Malcolm X who had a, a, um, a, uh, an enlightenment and he became a much more peaceful man. The by any means necessary speech was the second part of his life or career or after he supposedly became a more peaceful man. Listen to what he said in this speech. We want freedom by any means necessary. We don't feel – it was given in 1964. We don't feel that in 1964, living in a country that is supposedly based upon freedom and supposedly the leader of the free world, we don't think that we should have to sit around and wait for some segregationist congressmen and senators and a president from Texas and Washington, D.C. to make up their minds that our people are due now some degree of civil rights. You understand the clash he had right there, right there with Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s march the year before was on behalf of this civil rights bill that Johnson signed and that Malcolm X was against. 
One was violent and hated America's foundations, and one was nonviolent, king, and loved America's founding principles and used them to give us maybe the most important piece of social and legal policy in any of our lifetimes, the Civil Rights Act of 1964. That's the peaceful Mark, That's the peaceful Malcolm X who's yelling about by any means necessary. So yes, when you see Antifa, as Hal says it, being justified or hidden as if it didn't exist, being called a myth by the House Judiciary Chairman or defended by other Democrats, of course it's rational for them to do that. Of course it is. Because these shock troops are doing nothing more than what you would expect someone with an ounce of decency to do if they were led by an illegitimate Nazi as their leader. And the Democratic Party fed that beast for four years. For four years, even before Donald Trump was inaugurated. The shame is on them. They are the ones who reaped and brought us this whirlwind. They are the ones that did this. They are the ones that broke faith with the peaceful transfer of power. They are the ones who told us to expect not only the worst, but the worst of the worst, because a Republican was elected, a Republican whose worst crime, we're told, was what? Was what? Tweets? Court filings? Middle East peace, economy. I, I mean, it's a funny thing about the Trump tweets, by the way. I, I remember entertaining a year of calls about them when he was first inaugurated, 2017, maybe a little into 2018. And what a big problem it was. And how everyone kind of felt they had to say, well, I just wish he'd stop tweeting. I wish he'd stop tweeting. Anyone want to tell me on the top of their head any of those tweets, what they said? Does anyone even remember them? It was such a non-issue, but people felt they had to go along with the wisdom of the crowd on this. It was such a non-issue. Something about a society and a culture that um, treats the cosmetic as more important than the essential. And uh, I fear that's the culture we're in. I fear that's the culture we're in. A putative Biden presidency is unmistakably, unmistakably a presidency of a man who is not up to the job any more than he is up to a local news interview without the questions being given to him in advance with a teleprompter to answer them. But the cosmetic Joe Biden is just a nice guy. I guess. Just a nice guy. Okay. Okay. Be prepared for all that and everything it entails. Be prepared for all that. Um, Hal, I'm sorry. Did you want to Did you want to have a concluding thought, sir? I'm sorry. Yeah, thank, hey, thanks, Seth. I appreciate it. And uh, um, the, uh, what I wanted to say is that this what we're seeing is a strategy to condition people to uh, totalitarian methods and thinking. Sure. And that is why Biden himself 
at a presidential debate on national television, said that Antifa is just an idea. Right. It's not a real thing. And uh, and there are people out there who believe that because he said it. Yep. And, so and there are people in the hospital who don't believe it because they felt it. Yeah, yeah, they have direct experience. And uh, and so what what has happened is that millions of people in this in this country are either totally unaware of this or they've been conditioned by rhetoric by saying that Donald Trump is a Nazi for cutting your taxes and getting you a job um, that violence is okay, mm-hmm. political repression is okay. You bet. And uh, and th- that's what this, this is a strategy. It's not an accident. It's not just rhetoric. It's uh. It's uh, designed to have these people or their brains like the frog in the pot, gradually, slowly getting used to um, authoritarian or totalitarian methods. And violence in the streets is terror. And this has been justified by the left ideologically for, you know, uh, more than 100 years. And now justified by the Democratic Party itself. And it is on that behalf that they are able to govern to the extent that they will be able to govern. And why I say there is no difference, no difference between the left of the Democratic Party and the main of main part of the Democratic Party, because the main part of the Democratic Party has endowed, paid lip service to given countenance and sanction to the shock troops on the left who think and who rallied for and on behalf of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. There is no division. There are not two wings of the Democratic Party. There's the Democratic Party, and it's the most left-wing version we have ever seen. As we go to break, let me just put in a word for balance of nature, which I take every single day. A friend of mine said, do you really take it every day? I said, I absolutely do. He said, do you really think it's the reason you haven't been sick all year because I say that? I said, I absolutely do. It's the most effective whole food supplement on the market. You take it once a day and you get great, potent, healthy stuff, tens of thousands of vital nutrients. Balance of nature is extending their great deal of free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I am Seth. Jim is in Phoenix. Hi, Jim. Hi, Seth. How are you? I'm well, sir. How are you? Hi. I told myself I wouldn't ask you that because I know you are. But here's the thing. Uh... It Things change. Matter. You know, every minute is different. <laughs> you never know. You know, it's true. No, you know, I'm if you sad. take the Buddhist outlook on life, they tell you every moment is a totally different thing. You can't put your foot in the same river twice. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> right. It's true. Every day you wake up, yeah. another thing. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't matter who it is in office. Um, they don't care. They just I think everybody voted. For, anybody that voted for Biden voted against Trump. That's all there is to it. <laughs> but here's what I tell me what you think about this. Uh, Jesus Christ was here, you know, 2,000 years ago, zero, right at time zero. And uh, it's very possible, in my opinion, just from, there's a uh, website called uh, Ambassadors of Christ. And unfortunately, it's AOC Network, which is kind of oxymoronic. But, um, you know, they do math about, they really study and look deep. and, And I've always thought this, too. 
Uh, are we close to that return, Jesus' return? Because uh, look where we're going. Satan is running around having his fun, having a field day with all this. It's just going to get worse. And, you know, they got us all with our mask of conformity, our, uh, you know, behavior, you know, toe the line. If you don't, we'll throw you in jail, but you can riot, but you can't, you know what I mean? So it's all upside down, like you've been saying. Everything you've been saying today, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Now I know I'm nothing to talk about. So then I thought I'd, <laughs> I thought I'd, bring, I thought I'd bring this Here's up. what I think. Here's what I think. If but thank you for your call and your kind wishes. Here's what I think. I'm not capable of of that level of thought. It's beyond my abilities. I I just I leave that to um, people who are more capable than I. I. I have to come at that with a degree of of a lot of diffidence and humility. But here's what I think. If Biden is the next president, it's not the end of the world. It's bad. It's bad. But it's not the end of the world. I have every confidence we will build our numbers in the Senate in two years. I have every confidence we will build our numbers in the House and take over the House in two years. I have every confidence we will take back the White House in four. If we never give in, if we don't become dejected, and if... The one thing I'll say on that line of theology and politics, Jim, if we remember that here on earth, God's work must be our own. We'll pursue that thought with my next guest, Joe LaConte. It's an interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal today on C.S. Lewis. We'll be right back. 